Hey everybody, it's your boy Josh coming at you on another episode of Here's the Thing, the podcast where we tell you the thing about a thing. Um, A quick note about that, Uh, that is, I know we've been saying it forever, so forgive me, but that's going to change pretty soon. We're so close. Uh, So hang in there, but the name of this podcast, um, probably the format uh, and a couple other things are going to change, uh, so stay tuned. I'm really, really excited um, about some of the things that we got coming up. Um, but I just I want to make sure you guys know that we haven't forgotten, uh, and we know it's been a long time coming. But um, I would I would say in the next couple of months that'll be changing. But for now, it's here's the thing: the podcast where we tell you a thing about a thing. Uh, this week we're doing something a little bit different. Um, I keep saying we really, it's just me this week. The first, uh, well, no, not the first solo episode of this podcast. Uh, the, uh, the faithful, I'm sure, you know, here's the thing. Addicts will remember that the only other solo episode of this podcast was an episode that I recorded, uh, for my lovely wife, Cecilia, uh, for her to listen to at her bridal shower, uh, before our wedding. And so I recorded that for her and dedicated that to her. And, uh, but this is the second solo episode and the first like full, uh, because that one was, uh, all about Cecilia. Uh, so this is the first solo episode, um, about, uh, whatever this podcast is about, which is really anything that's on our minds from week to week. Um, so you guys are probably going to get some more of these uh, in the next uh, few months or maybe for the rest of the year. Uh, I guess depending on how well everyone feels like this one went. Um, if you guys hate this, then I probably won't do two more of these, but I'm going to give it a shot at least. Um, and we'll see how it goes. So I, I just had uh, – there's there's been a lot if, – if you guys listen to the podcast much – uh, you know, uh, Tyler and I are both, um, I, I feel like if I say we're both thinkers, that sounds, uh, like presumptuous or like full of ourselves. I, I don't mean it like that, but like you, you guys know that we have a podcast and so we talk about things every week. Uh, and usually it's things that have been on our minds, um, you know, for a little while. So this week I just, there's been a few things that have been on my mind, uh, recently, um, given, you know, the current political climate and, and a lot of different things, uh, that are going on. So I, I just, I wanted to talk through some of that, uh, with you guys this week and hopefully, uh, maybe something that I say this week, uh, will help somebody. So, uh, this is solo cast number one. I'm calling this, uh, at first I was afraid is what I'm going to call this. So, uh, you guys will understand that here in a second. So, um, a little bit of, of premise before we jump into what I really want to talk about. So, uh, I think also if, if anyone that's listening right now has listened to any of the previous episodes, specifically the episode directly before this one, uh, with my good friend, Stuart Hardy, the social media guru, um, he hopped on my podcast. He's actually got his own podcast called Not Your Mother's Podcast, um, and it's fantastic. Uh, and he's talked a lot about uh, some different religions and um, 
uh, gotten a few different people's perspective on religion and its place in culture uh, in this country. And um, he and I specifically talked about the cult that he and I uh, were raised in. Um, And so uh, it was a long episode, about two hours or so. Um, So most of you know, if if you listen to more than a few episodes of this podcast, most of you know that uh, that is my background. That's kind of where I came from. Um, and so that I think informs a lot of, uh, where I'm at now, both, I mean, obviously it does, but both, um, in, in the mindset that I am, I am actively trying not to have, uh, but also in the way that I, I view life, uh, in the world and culture and, uh, truth, uh, and different things. So, um, I give all that premise uh, because what I'm going to talk about uh, is uh, speaking out and speaking truth, um, uh, at least my truth. And I I know that sounds cliche, you know, to say like, I just need to speak my truth. But uh, honestly, I I really believe that everyone has their own truth. And and I I think Stuart and I talked about this a little bit on, on the last episode of the podcast, but I I have a heart, the, the older I get and, and the more life experience I get, not that I'm like, you know, some, some wise man on top of a hill or anything, but, um, I guess it would be a mountain, not a hill. Uh, but at any rate, I, not that I am that person, but the more life experience I, I get, uh, and the older I get, the more I feel that there is no such thing as objective truth. Um, and I wish I could remember who I, oh, I know who it was, um, to kind of like give you an idea of what I'm talking about. I, I know it sounds ridiculous to say there's no such thing as objective truth. We, you know, there are things like two plus two is four and, you know, we know what makes up an atom and like, there's, there are different things that science has told us is true, but, uh, I was just listening to an episode of Pete Holmes's podcast, big surprise. I'm mentioning Pete Holmes on my podcast. Um, I listened to him quite a bit and he recently interviewed Troy Baker, um, who is uh, a voice actor, um, and, uh, a video actor, video actor. That sounds so weird. He, I, I just mean he's acted in films, uh, but also he does a lot of voice acting, uh, specifically in video games, a lot of video games that I've played, um, uncharted destiny. Uh, I think destiny, um, shadow of Mordor, like things like that. Uh, uh, telltale games, uh, video games, but, uh, he and Pete were talking and Troy was talking about this idea of objective truth and, and our perspective and the fact that it's okay. You know, like they were talking about the relationship between, uh, the relationship between science and faith specifically and science and religion and how usually, uh, people look at them as being mutually excuse exclusive. And Troy was, uh, Troy specifically was making the point that it's okay. First of all, they're not mutually exclusive, but it's okay to look at science and say, I don't, I don't know if you are correct. Now science will say, Hey, we've proven this via the scientific method of, you know, observation and replication and, and whatever. Um, I'm not a scientist, so I don't know everything about the scientific method, but there are things that scientists uh, and science will tell us is objectively true. However, that is our perspective. That's, that's our observance of that phenomena. So, you know, who's to say that there is not some other perspective or some other way to observe that phenomena that would give us a totally different answer. So that was kind of the point that he was making. So 
all that to say, I the more life experience I've I've sort of collected in my years, um, and hopefully will collect in many more years, the the less I feel that there is uh, objective truth, and the more I feel that uh, a a person's perspective and their truth, if you will, is formed by their experience. Um, so your truth may be different than mine. It's no less valid than mine, uh, nor is mine less valid than yours, but they're different, but they're still the things that I hold to be true to me are true. Um, and I would say the things that I hold to be true to me are objectively true to me, but even that doesn't mean, and I know I, I I think this sounds a little contradictory, but all I mean is you, there are things that you can know to be true in your heart that I probably wouldn't agree with. And so I don't hold those things to be true in my heart, but that doesn't make your truth any less valid than mine. I, I hope that sort of explains my position here, but, um, so I feel like this is a lot of lead up to (laughs) what I actually want to talk about, which I haven't even gotten into yet, but all of that to say, um, I think, uh, especially in the last few years, some of the, uh, conclusions that I've arrived at, um, or some of the, uh, paths of logic that I've been trying to follow and some of the, some of the avenues I've been going down as far as like reasoning things and try really like seeking truth is what I'm, I'm trying to do. Uh, I think would, upset a lot of people that I grew up with, um, my family, uh, and probably even a lot of people that knew me when I was younger. Uh, maybe even a lot of people that knew me, you know, as recently as three, four or five years ago. So, um, that's all I'm saying. And, and so all that to say, uh, the reason this is called at first I was afraid was, uh, what I want to talk about is, is that I'm really, really tired. Um, almost angrily. So not almost angrily. So I, I am angrily. So, uh, I'm tired of being afraid to speak out and specifically I'm, I'm tired of being afraid to speak my truth. Um, so I think I'm going to use that phrase a lot, uh, over the next few minutes. And I hope, I hope it's not too cliche or tired, um, to be palatable. I, I just don't know how else necessarily to say it, but, um, so I, for for a long time, uh, I was and have been afraid to really speak the things that I have again either concluded or or at least some of the paths of logic that I've I've sort of been exploring, um, and not because I think that they're wrong, uh, because I I think seeking truth can never be wrong. Um, I I think seeking truth is probably one of the most worthwhile things a human can do. Um, so not because I think that they're wrong or, or, you know, worthy of, of being despised or anything like that, but because of how it may be perceived or how may, you know, people may react. Uh, and so there have been a lot of times I was, I was, again, I was just talking to Stuart, um, as of this recording last night on the phone and, uh, we were talking about some of this and, and there have been so many times that I've censored myself, uh, when I've wanted to talk about something or I wanted to share my experiences with something, or I've wanted to share something that I read that I felt was very helpful, 
or just anything like that. And there have been so many times where I felt that I had to censor myself because the person I was speaking to or the audience that may, you know, read it or hear it might react a certain way, or it might, you know, cause me certain problems. And especially lately, and I, I said, I've been thinking about this because, you know, specifically in light of like the current political climate and a few other things, but especially lately, um, I I don't think I've been unclear, uh, of my position or opinion, uh, of our current president, but I, I'm, I'm just so tired of blatant bigotry and racism and hatred going unchecked and being un, uh, unargued or or not stood against but as soon as somebody speaks up and says hey i i don't i don't think this is the way to build a better world you know i i think this idea is wrong or i think this idea is harmful then you know the just the the only response it seems so many times is to just all the hatred gets shifted to that person and really, it seems like it, it ends up being a shouting contest and whoever's loudest wins. Um, and I think that's a weak way to think, uh, but I think that's the position we're in. And so I think that's factored into some of my fear uh, recently too. But I'm, I'm so tired of, of being afraid uh, to speak my truth and to share things that I feel are helpful uh, or just to speak out about things that I think are wrong. Um, and injustice that I see. So I'm tired of it. And so I'm not doing it anymore. I'm not, I'm not going to hold back and I'm, excuse me, I'm not going to censor myself. Uh, and that doesn't mean that I'm like, I'm out to, you know, troll on Facebook 24 seven and I'm, I'm not trying to start fights and that doesn't mean I'm trying to be combative, but I, I'm also not going to be afraid. I'm making the choice to not be afraid to speak truth, my truth and to speak out against injustice and wrong, uh, where I, I can, and where I have a voice. Um, and honestly, I, I think that it would be wrong for me not to. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at. And so there's, there's a few reasons specifically that, that I have been afraid to speak out. So I, like, I kind of want to go through those and talk about my thought process, uh, like sort of working through all of this. So th- the first reason I feel that like I've been afraid recently to speak out is, is simply because it, it may start an argument. Um, and I, I could point to s- several occasions, uh, in the last couple of months, uh, or even the last week, um, where I've had, uh, some conversations and discussions on Facebook and, uh, even in some private messages with people, uh, about things that I've either said on the podcast or things that I've said on Facebook or, or wherever. Um, and some of it was civil, some of it was not. Uh, and I, I think there's a part of everyone that, that hates conflict, um, at least at first, uh, and I think there's probably a part of everyone that also just thrives on it. And, and, um, I think that's unhealthy. Uh, I, I don't think it's unhealthy to speak out against injustice or wrong and then defend that position. If somebody c- 
comes back at you. I don't think that's unhealthy, but I, I do think it can be unhealthy to enjoy that conflict. And so just my personality type specifically, I, I don't enjoy conflict. Um, I, I mostly do what I can to avoid it. Uh, and hopefully that, that doesn't mean that I am, uh, weak minded or have no backbone, but, uh, at least in my life, I, I have generally felt that causing conflict or arguments is not worth it. Um, and I, I think at best that could probably be called apathy. Uh, so I'm not proud of that. I'm not saying it's the right way to be, but that's just, that's my natural personality type personality type. So, um, so part of the reason that I've been afraid to speak out or speak my truth or, or stand against the wrong or injustice that I see is because I'm, I've been afraid that it may start an argument. And so the, there's so much here, but I, I, I'm definitely open to having civil discussions, uh, about where I and someone else disagree. Um, but again, I, I, it's just, it's such a waste of time to argue. And I'm not saying I'm not guilty of arguing. I have definitely argued. I have definitely argued in the last month. Um, but it's such a waste of time. And so I, I have consciously been making an effort. I'm not perfect. I've, I've failed at this multiple times, uh, again, even recently, but I've been consciously making an effort to engage in civil discussion or, or disagreements or what have you, uh, when those conversations are centered around the ideas that I and the other party or parties are talking about. Uh, but when it turns into an argument and it turns into personal attacks, uh, and things like that, it's just, it's not productive. Um, and it's, it's harmful to, uh, your psyche or spirit or whatever you want to call it. And that can ruin your day. Um, so I've, I've actively been trying to avoid arguments. Now, now that's not saying that I've, I've lately been actively censoring myself. That's saying I will speak out and I will speak my truth and I will stand against injustice or wrong, but I, I refuse to argue anymore. It's just not productive. So I will have a civil discussion about where I and someone else disagree, but I'm not going to waste my time arguing anymore. So I'm, I'm consciously making the decision to not engage. And the other part of this is something that, uh, again, surprised that I'm going to mention this person, but Rob Bell, something that Rob Bell said recently on an episode of his podcast, which if you haven't checked out Rob's podcast, the Robcast, um, I, man, that's one of the most helpful things I have ever stumbled across him and Pete Holmes, uh, have been tremendous influences, um, for me and, and huge helpers, both in helping me form thoughts on things, um, by observing what they think on things and by introducing me to people uh, who are also very smart and have thought a lot of things out. But something that Rob said in an episode of his podcast recently, it was his, that the title of that podcast was called uh, episode was called uh, the one about boundaries. And I think he summed it up pretty well. Uh, so his quote was, if you want to be the kind of person who stands up for others if you want to be the kind of person who helps make a better world, if you want to be an empathetic, compassionate person who moves to bring healing to others, you begin by respecting the divine image in yourself. 
And there's a lot to unpack in that quote, but, and, and by divine image, he's not, he speaks on a lot of religious terminology because that's his background. Uh, and that's a lot of his, uh, that's a lot of his listener base. That's a lot of his audience. But really, if, if you spend any time listening to Rob Bell or reading his books, what he's saying in that, in that quote, when he talks about divine image, it's whatever you would call God, whether you would call it the universe or, you know, just the everything, you know, whatever, or just, you know, life in general, or whatever you want to call it, that the thing that is, is sort of keeping everything together and, and moving everything along and, you know, flowing through everything. Uh, if you're a star Wars fan, you might call it the force, but what he's saying is if, if you want to have the energy to stand against injustice and to speak truth and help others and be compassionate and bring healing and partake in making a better world, you have to start by respecting yourself enough to set up boundaries that say, hey, this is the thing I'm doing, and if you don't like it, that's fine. And we can still have a relationship, and we can we can even be friends, and we can even be close, but this is the thing I'm doing. And so if you don't like it, we should just agree to not agree about this thing. And that doesn't mean we have to be uncivil to each other, but we should just probably agree to leave this alone because this is what I'm doing and you don't have to like it, but I do need you to respect it. And sometimes people won't. And so you have to take extra steps. And so maybe that means ending a relationship or, or, uh, distancing yourself or, or whatever. But I, I think he's right on in that you have to start by respecting yourself enough to set up boundaries that say, you know what, you could, try and start an argument. You can disagree with me and that's fine. And and we can even talk about it and, you know, help me understand how you disagree and why you disagree and what you think, you know, I should be believe. But at the end of the day, like, this is my thing. This is what I'm doing. And you do you and I'll do me. And, you know, let's just, let's just agree to have some boundaries. But, um, so I, I think that's well said by Rob. Um, one of the other reasons that I've, I've been, I think afraid to speak out is, uh, I think it's closely tied to this. It's, it's all closely tied together, but, uh, because I might disappoint someone. Um, and I've got disappoint in quotation marks, but all I mean by that is again, given the way that I grew up, uh, and the mindset that was instilled in me from the time I was a toddler old enough to be in the nursery at church, uh, during church services, um, the way I think now, and I, I, I think, I don't think I know every, excuse me, sorry. Everything about my life and the way I conduct myself now, uh, would be disappointing to a lot of people that I grew up with. Um, and is disappointing to my family. I know for a fact. Um, and that might sound sad. I guess it is kind of sad, but, uh, I've sort of had to wrestle with the idea of being a disappointment to a lot of people that I grew up with. And even though I know now, like having come out of the cult that I was raised in, even though I know now that those aren't really people that I care to make happy, uh, or those aren't really people that I care 
uh, a whole lot what they think about me. It's it's really hard to explain unless you've you've grown up in in similar circumstances. I'm, I'm not looking for a pity party here, but like it's just it's hard to articulate the thought process behind this because those aren't people that I care really what they think about me, but there is still, there's a deep hurt when you know that you're an extreme disappointment to your family or, or people that you used to look up to, even if you may not now. Um, and so I've, I've really wrestled with that and I've, I've had to kind of bring myself to a place where I have just kind of decided that I'm not going to play that game anymore. And Really what it's come down to for me is if you're disappointed in me for standing against wrong and speaking truth, you you need to be better. And I, I'm not saying that you need to agree with me. I'm saying you need to be better. Meaning don't be disappointed with me. Start a conversation with me. Don't hop on a high horse and decide that I'm not, oh, you're so disappointed because I'm not as good a person as you thought I was. Don't fucking do that. Be better. Start a conversation and tell me what you think. Tell me what you think the truth is. Tell me how you feel I should be seeing this. Tell me your perspective. Tell me why you arrived at that perspective. Tell me what experiences brought you to that place. But don't be disappointed in me. Fuck that. Like what what are you doing? Because if that's if that's your reaction to people that think differently than you, you're going to be disappointed a whole lot. And I imagine most of those people are. Um, so don't be disappointed in me. Start a conversation with me. Um, also, in this vein, uh, one of the reasons that I've been afraid, I think, to speak out is because I might lose relationships. And again, I'm mostly talking about those relationships that that. I had when I was being brought up in a very backwards, abusive uh, mind fuck of a cult, but it's again, it maybe it's, you know, it's, it's best explained by Stockholm syndrome or, or whatever you want to call it. But there it's hard to explain the, even though I intellectually know that again, those aren't people that I really need or want to, or should have relationships with. It still is hurtful uh, when those end. Um, so a few things here, first of all, if, if we can't respectfully disagree, like I was saying before, I, I don't need that relationship anyway. If, if you are not the kind of person that can respectfully disagree with anybody, um, and we're seeing this so much lately, uh, on both sides, I'm not talking about any one particular, political affiliation or religion or anything. I'm saying it's rampant, uh, everywhere. And it's even in me. Um, and I have to combat it, but if we can't respectfully disagree, I, I don't need that relationship anyway. Um, secondly, relationships shouldn't be predicated on identical values. You will have such a hard time. If that's your basis for a relationship or building a relationship, you may you may be able to find two or three people that will say they have identical values and build a relationship with those people. I say two or three people that will say they have identical values because, again, I I don't for a second believe that any two people will ever have identical values. And I think that's awesome. I think the fact that people are different 
is one of the most amazing, beautiful things about our world. But relationships shouldn't be based on identical values. They should be based on mutual respect. Um, and I, I have a footnote here uh, and comic books as well. If you've got a relationship based on comic books, you are golden. Um, but I, if you can respect me enough to let me have my views and my values and not feel like you need to make me better or change me or convince me to think like you. And if I can do the same, that is a solid relationship and a mature, mature, a mature relationship. And thirdly, um, if someone ends a relationship because you speak your truth, uh, that probably speaks more to their insecurity than your offensiveness. Um, if somebody hears you say something or, or finds out that you believe a certain way or have, uh, pursued a certain line of thinking and they feel that they can no longer associate with you because of that, it's probably less about how offensive that belief or thought system or whatever is. And it's probably more about the fact that they're extremely insecure and their quote unquote value set. Uh, and they can't handle opposing viewpoints or perspectives, uh, because they're deathly afraid that something might knock it all down. And then they would have no idea where to go or what to do. Uh, so next, um, another reason that I've been, I think afraid to speak out is, is because, uh, this is just me being super transparent and honest. Uh, I've been afraid to speak out, I think, because I, I may have to defend my views at some point. Um, and again, not like in an argumentative way, but like if somebody just says, hey, I disagree, here's why. Tell me why you think that way. Um, I mean, that's always unpleasant if we're being honest. Um, and it's always scary. So, but I, I think this is healthy too because first it forces me to really do some thinking and some serious soul searching, uh, and fact checking, uh, before I shoot my mouth off. And this, I have really been thinking about this lately because, uh, I'll see something on Facebook or I'll hear somebody say something and immediately I'll think, I don't know. I don't know about that. I don't know if that's true. Uh, it doesn't sound right. And so technology being what it is, which is awesome usually a less than five minute Google search will give me the correct information. And a lot of times in those situations, I'm not saying like I'm, I'm the ultimate source when it comes to like ferreting out a liar uh, or somebody who's misinformed. But most of the time in, in those situations, five minutes of Google searching will give me three or four sources that say something completely different from the thing that that person said or wrote, uh, or whatever. And then I have what looks like the facts. Um, so on the other side of that, then if, if I'm going to say something or speak out or, or, or say, Hey, I, I don't think this is right. This is how things should be instead. By that logic, I should probably have some idea why I think that. And so it's sort of forced me to do that, that extra 
groundwork and beyond doing the fact checking, it's really forced me to like look at myself and look inside and say like, do I really believe this? And like, why do I believe this? What of my experiences asking myself those questions that I, th- I think other people might ask me first and saying, you know, what experiences led me to this conclusion and, and why do I feel this way? And, and you know, how, how would I explain this to somebody else? Uh, secondly, it, it forces me to be sure that I actually sincerely believe what I'm going to say before I speak it. And then third, if I've, if I've done that work both on myself and to make sure that what I'm saying is, is borne out by, you know, sources and facts, then that lets me have a civil conversation, a well-informed civil conversation with someone who may agree or disagree, uh, instead of resorting to Neanderthal esque chest beating, and shouting matches. I'm pretty proud of that phrase, Neanderthal-esque chest beating. Um, also, side note, I totally nailed the spelling of Neanderthal uh, the first try. I didn't need to look it up. So I was proud of myself for that too. But it does. It, if you think about it, if if you know, if you know in your heart of hearts why you think something and what experiences have led you there and you've got something to back up what you're saying or how you feel or what you believe most likely what's going to happen is if, if I come to you and say, Hey, I disagree. Here's why I disagree. And these are my experiences. Most likely if you're actually well-informed and know what you're talking about and have thought this out, if, if you've been thoughtful ahead of time, you're not going to feel like you need to scream at me or even change my mind. Because changing my mind isn't going to change the fact that you believe it or don't believe it. So you're probably not going to feel like you need to do any of that. What you're probably going to do is say, oh, sure, I see what you're saying. This is why I think this. And these are the experiences that led me to this. And this is the information I have and the information I've seen that's led me to this conclusion. So I just as a rule, it seems that doing that work ahead of time probably diffuses a lot of the vitriol and screaming screaming matches that we have seen again in a ton of escalation lately um and then the last reason um probably the hardest to admit but the last reason is because i might be wrong um i've been afraid to i think speak out a lot because i i've been afraid that i maybe i'm wrong Um, and surprise, surprise, I've been wrong a whole lot and I'm going to be wrong a whole lot more. Um, but the cool thing here, uh, is, well, first of all, if slash when I am wrong, um, ideally and hopefully I would have the wherewithal and the humility to admit it. Uh, and to adjust my way of thinking and maybe to redact something that I had previously said and, and say, Hey, like, I know I said this before, I think I'm wrong about this. You know, like I've since been told or shown some new information or, you know, somebody's helped me see it a different way. Um, so first and foremost, that's ideally how I would react. And, and that I, I try to be that way again, I, I'm not perfect at that. And so I could definitely be better, but the cool thing about even being wrong is I, in my opinion, again, 
maybe I'm wrong about this. In my opinion, the process is just as valuable, if not more valuable than the destination. And by that, I mean the work that you're doing to get you to the place where you say something or feel something that is quote unquote wrong. And then you find out it's wrong and then make whatever adjustments are necessary and then move on. That's the thing. That work is the thing. Nobody's ever going to be, nobody's ever going to make it. Nobody ever makes it. Nobody ever is perfect. Nobody ever has all of the data and information and knows everything about everything. But the work of seeking truth, feeling you may have found it, stating your case based on that, finding out you're wrong, and then making adjustments and moving on and then seeking out more truth, that's the thing. The process, I think, is is just as valuable, if not more valuable, than the destination. And secondly here, you it's not so scary. Look... So I, I read a book a while back. Uh, it's it's by an author named Tim Ferriss. I think most people listening to this may have heard of him already. He's got uh, a fairly popular podcast now. Uh, he's written several more books since the book that I read of his. But uh, he's a serial entrepreneur. Um, he's he's gotten into venture capitalism now uh, and a few other things. He's the man is I think in his forties and he's already done way way more than most people ever will in their lifetime. He's an amazing man. Um, obviously very driven, but, uh, in a book he wrote called the four hour work week, I couldn't find the exact quote. And I, I looked, uh, I promise I looked, but, uh, in, in a book he wrote called the four hour work week, he, there was a chapter where he was talking about failure. Um, and the whole book is framed about, uh, around the idea of, uh, like starting a business, being an entrepreneur or taking a risk uh, in the job that you already have. And so there's a whole section where he talks about this idea of failure and how scared so many people are of it. Um, present company included. And so, but what he said in that chapter that like, I, I mean, it's been years since I read that book, maybe 10 or more years since I read that book. And it that this this thing that he said uh, has probably stuck with me more than than anything else in that book. But when he was talking about this, he said something to the effect of I I don't know the exact quote, uh, but he said something to the effect of failure is only scary uh, until you do it, until you actually fail. Because again, he was talking in in terms of being an entrepreneur, but he said you've you have been broke before. So if you try to start a business and end up broke, you know what that's like already. How can that be scary? And then if you take another shot and you end up there again, you already know what that's like. So, you know, he he was talking about the process of like, maybe you've had some success and then you take a shot at something and you end up back at zero. Well, you've already been there. And you've also already moved on from that to do some pretty awesome stuff. So, you could do it again. So we, we have this almost like reverence for failure. I think, uh, again, I'm, I'm talking to myself as much as I'm talking to anybody else, but he, he talks about how it's, it's, if you really think about it, I mean, just logically speaking, it's, it's really, it can't be that scary. We, we already know what being at zero is like. Uh, 
So being back there, yes, it may be inconvenient and it may be, uh, it may be that, that part of it may be scary, but, but we've already been there. So it can't, it can't be that scary. Tread ground can't be too unfamiliar if that makes any sense. So, um, the fact that I like I have been wrong before and probably will be again. I again, that's sort of awesome, and that that can't be too scary because I know what being wrong is like, uh, and I will find out many more times. I'll be reminded reminded many more times. So, um, but that like that's always stuck with me that the fact that he said, uh, we all know what failing feels like. We all know what being at zero feels like, and um, I just I thought that was. Awesome. Um, so a couple things here right at the end, uh, in case you didn't know, we're at the end. Um, a couple things here right at the end that I just wanted to say before we wrap this up um, and send it off to you and podcast land. But um, my cat wants to chime in too. Uh, a couple things to wrap this up. First of all, all this being said, um, I'm going to speak. Uh, and I'm, I'm going to say what I feel like needs to be said, and I'm going to speak out about injustice and I'm going to, I'm going to defend people and I'm, I'm going to speak my truth. And it's not because I'm positive that I'm right. Uh, it's not because I feel everyone needs to agree with me. It's not because I want to start arguments. It's not because I have zero regard for relationships or other people's opinions. It's because I need to speak out. It's because I feel like I have something to contribute and I hope it can help somehow. Um, secondly, I'm going to speak because I am looking for truth and I'm trying to find it anywhere and everywhere I can. And so if I speak, then that in turn opens the possibility of being spoken back to whether somebody is speaking to me to say they agree with me or saying they don't agree with me or just asking for clarification or whatever the case may be. Me speaking opens the possibility of being spoken back to and thereby of being shown more truth. Um, because I, I firmly believe that truth can be found everywhere and anywhere and in anyone or anything. So I, I just, I, I feel like everybody's perspective uh, and everybody's own truth is valuable. So if if I'm speaking mine, then that opens up the possibility of somebody speaking theirs to me, and then maybe I learn something. Um, so that's what's been on my mind lately. Uh, and there's there's been a couple things that have happened recently um, in my life that have sort of uh, been the catalyst for wanting to talk about this on the podcast, but this has been on my mind for a while. Um, and then, you know, just recently I've, I've had some experience with a lot of this. Um, so I felt like it might be worth sharing, but, uh, I hope this is helpful. I hope this wasn't too boring. Just one person talking at you guys for, uh, a while now. I didn't even know how long it's been. Uh, we've been going, wow, 43 minutes. Who knew I could talk for 43 minutes straight. Um, but I hope this has been helpful. Uh, so what I'll, what I'll say is if you guys 
uh, anybody listening to this, if you guys have um, any experience with any of this, if you guys have sort of, you know, walked this ground already um, and you have tips for me uh, or for anybody else, I would love for you to share that uh, or just your own experiences with with walking through some of this Um, or honestly, this is me being serious. If you think I'm an idiot uh, and don't agree with anything I said, I would honestly really love to know why. Um, so if you want to reach out and, and, and talk, I would love to have conversations with anybody that would like to. So, uh, we have a couple ways for you to do that. We have an email address. It's here's the thing at gmail.com. Um, or you can hit us up on our Facebook page. Uh, it's facebook.com slash here's the thing So, uh, comment on posts, uh, send us an email, shoot us a private message on Facebook. Um, I'd love to talk to anybody that wants to talk about this or whatever else. Um, I hope this is helpful. Uh, and I hope you guys, uh, didn't hate it too much. Um, so we're going to be right back here, uh, again, sometime in the near future. I do have a couple pretty cool guests lined up. Uh, coming up in the near future. So uh, you'll want to come back for those. If you hated this, you'll probably like those because those will be more like what we've done in the past. Um, So come back for those. Uh, So we'll be right back here at some time in the near future. Uh, Same place. And you should be here too. Until then, we'll see you later.